You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Fresh fighting is being reported today near the Libyan capital of Tripoli, the seat of the UN-backed government. The leader of the Libyan National Army pressing an offensive against Tripoli, the BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. On the fourth day of General Hafter's offensive, the U.S. has evacuated a contingent of its forces from Tripoli with a fast amphibious craft. The UN is due to pull out non-essential staff as well. Heavy clashes have started again around the disused international airport, which has been the focus of fighting for days. Further from the front lines in Tripoli, people are trying to go about their lives as normal, but with a continual watchful eye on developments. Many of those near the fighting are remaining in their homes for now, afraid of looting if they leave. Some have spoken of their fears of a long siege, as General Hafter mounted for several years to take the eastern city of Benghazi. Pope Francis today issued an appeal to look to others with charity. It comes after he blamed the arms trade by Europe and the U.S. for fueling conflicts and causing victims in Syria, Yemen, and Afghanistan. NPR Sylvia Pajoli reports the Pope made the remarks in an off-the-cuff encounter with students. The reason there are so many wars in the world today, the Pope said, is rich Europe and America sell weapons used to kill children and kill people. Otherwise, he added, there would be no war in Afghanistan, Yemen, and Syria. A country that produces and sells weapons, Francis said, has on its conscience the death of every child and the destruction of each family. And he urged young people to speak out about these issues without fear. 
On the issue of migrants, the Pope disputed government's concerns over rising crime rates to keep asylum seekers out. In Italy said, foreigners are not the source of most crime. The mafia was not invented by Nigerians, the mafia is ours. And he stressed that Europe was made by migrants and migrants bring us wealth. Silvia Poggioli, NPR News, Rome. President Trump is now back at the White House following a trip that included an appearance at this weekend's annual meeting of the Republican Jewish Coalition in Las Vegas. Another Democrat has joined the race for president, Kabir Bhatia, member station WKSU, reports that Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan has kicked off his campaign. Since 2003, Congressman Tim Ryan has represented Youngstown, where the rally took place, in a region that has struggled with job loss along with the rest of the Rust Belt. It's also an area that swung right to elect President Trump in 2016. In his speech, Ryan hit on that theme and said he wants the country to be less polarized. Things go up and things go down. But if we're not united, we are not going to be able to fix these structural problems that we have in the United States. In 2017, Trump held a rally in Youngstown and told the audience that jobs would be coming back to the region. Ryan has been critical of the president in the wake of GM's announcement last year that it would close its plant in nearby Lordstown. For NPR News, I'm Kabir Bhatia. And you're listening to NPR News. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Coming up next on the serious side. You've got some familiarity with the work of Mr. Assange. I do, I do. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy, much. Well, look, I I think um, it is a uh, it is clear from the indictment that came out. It's not about. Punishing journalism. It's about uh, assisting the hacking of the military computer to steal uh, information from uh, the United States government. And look, I, I, I'll wait and see uh, what happens with the charges and how uh, it proceeds. But you know, he he skipped bail in the UK. You know, Sweden had those charges which have been dropped. Um, last several years. But the bottom line is uh, he has to answer for what he has done, at least as it's been charged. I do think it's a little ironic that he may be the only uh, foreigner that uh, this administration would welcome to the United States. Look, I'm a never forget guy. I'm of the opinion that we don't see the imagery of 9-11 often enough. It seems relegated to just once a year, usually on the anniversary. But this is not what I had in mind. Thursday's New York Post cover showed images of the Twin Towers burning down on September 11, juxtaposed with a quote from Representative Ilan Omar. The quote was from remarks she made at a March 23rd banquet hosted by the Council on American Islamic Relations, or CARE. Her description of 9-11 as some people did something has now caused a firestorm. Well... Democrats are uh, pushing for the president's tax returns. Where are yours? Because I know you've been well, saying for a few months now. Today is April 9th, right? Right. April 15th is tax due date, right? right? So we wanted to do 10 years, and we wanted to include the latest returns. So today's the 9th, 
15th coming, somewhere in between that, you're going to have this So you're like a college kid who does it right up to the deadline. That's kind of what we do. We don't have a whole bunch of accountants running around, so we do it. But No, I'm not ordering you. I'm responding. I said you may leave anytime you want. And you said, okay, if that's what you want to do, I'll cancel my appointment and I'll stay here. So I'm responding to your request. If that's what you that's want to do. That's not what I want to do. I told you. What would you like to do? What I've told you is I thought it was respectful that you'd let me leave at 515. You are free to leave any time you want. You may okay, go well any time uh, you want. Please dismiss everybody. I believe you're supposed to take the gravel and, and bang it. That's please do not instruct me as to how I'm to conduct this committee. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is April 14th. Day before tax day, and welcome into the serious side of the J. Rock Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. And as best like the man said, I'm J. Rock. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday with us. But as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the business. First up, she's my big sis. She was selling the seven seas last week, but now she's back to doing what she does best on Sundays. Outside of praying, she's here to give you her advice. The one and only Miss Vanessa Mae Belly from the Macanelli. What's going on, Vanessa? Good morning, Jay. Good morning, everybody. I really missed you, Jay. I miss talking to you guys. Well, you know what? We miss talking to you as well. We're glad that you had a good time. You couldn't tell by the videos I was receiving, but, you know, that's a different topic for a different day. You look like you're having too much fun. Hey, you're back. (laughs) And we are so thankful and honored to have you within our presence. Thank you so much for being here. And also last week, this guy was doing what he, you know, this guy, listen, he's the man. He's uh, one of the best in the business. Uh, he brings it to us on a very, I call him the educated rapper, Vanessa, because, you know, he sounds like the educated rapper, but he's really not a rapper. But, you know, he brings it in. He brings the knowledge every Sunday morning. Let's say good morning to a man that we missed last week as well, the one and only Johnny D. Good morning, Johnny D, man. How are you doing? And welcome back, sir. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Miss Vanessa, Mr. Les, Jerome, all who are participating in this broadcast. Good morning to the listeners. Uh, I am certainly thankful to be back on this wonderful Palm Sunday and in advancement of Holy Week. Uh, I look forward to being able to be informed, but also to be to inform. So again, thank you for this opportunity to to do what we're doing in our service. Good morning. I tell you, he's the educated rapper. He is the educated rapper. I tell you, we love the death. Mr. Elias, the man who runs everything around here, uh, usually he's, well, he's the guy that's really in charge. I, I'm just the front man, but this is the man. He's off this morning, enjoying himself in Cleveland, uh, Ohio. So, Mr. Elias, have fun if you're tuned in. Thank you so much for listening. And I know I may have thrown you a curveball because usually when Mr. Elias is not here, the chat room is not open, but I open the chat room. Me, myself, I did it myself. I'm proud of myself. So you can get on into the chat room and be a part of the conversation. Of course, our dear friend and colleague, uh, Jerome Esprit, the smartest man in the world, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. He'll be along very soon. And, of course, prayers continue for Miss Kathleen Williams as she trying to get back to 100%. But in, in, in the meantime, between time, we'll hold it down for you, 347-850-1272, 347-850-1272. A lot on the agenda this morning. Let's break it down for you. 
Julian Assange arrested. What happens now that the WikiLeaks leader is behind bars? Hmm, we'll talk about that. The freshmen are at it again. Representative Omar made some comments about 9-11. However, were they as bad as they're being made out to be? We'll talk about that second set. And, of course, third set, tax issues, Bernie and Trump. Hmm, where are Trump? Where are their tax returns? You know, we've been chasing Trump's tax returns for a long time, but Bernie Sanders, hmm, this is a guy that rails against millionaires. Well, guess who's a part of that club right now? Well, those conversations, once again, 347-850-1272. Let's get the conversation started. Julian Assange was drug out of the embassy this past week. I mean, he went out fighting and kicking. Now he's arrested. Vanessa, him being apprehended, what do you think? What happens now? Do you think this guy is... You know, he's uh, uh, sent back to the U.S. To, to face charges. What happens with this guy at this point? You know, I, first of all, let me say, I was. I, I really was. I just, that man looks like somebody's great, great, great. I was surprised at how old that man was that they drug out that building. That said, he was. Oh, that said that he was over WikiLeaks. What do you mean, Jay? That man needs to be babysitting his great great grandchildren instead of trying to find Hillary's emails. Okay, I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do with that man, but he needs to be in jail somewhere for getting into the United States business and hacking into our computers and giving Trump the ammunition that he needed to have gotten put in office. But that man is so old. He needs to be somebody's great great grandfather putting some cho- some great grandchildren to sleep. He old. He old. He needs some business. <laughs> okay, all right. Thank you, Vanessa, for that okay. for that in depth analysis of uh, of this guy Julius. <laughs> Jay, <laughs> what's he he old? Johnny. No, Jay. Well, he's old, Vanessa. Old, I mean, yeah, he was. You're right. That's that's uh, that's that southern twang that we love. Uh, that's true. That's exactly right. Johnny, let, let me swing around to you and this guy. This guy, you know, first of all, here's the deal. Now, he was thrown out. Apparently what happened was uh, the embassy officials got tired of him because he just he was just a bad house guest. He wasn't taking care of his cat. He was just running around yelling at the staff. He's been there for seven years now that he's been arrested by uh, British authorities. What happens, man? Do you think he's extradited back to the United States? What do you think is going to happen to this guy? Because Trump's in office. Remember, Trump kept saying, WikiLeaks, we love WikiLeaks, we love WikiLeaks. But all of a sudden, when they asked him this past week, oh, I don't really know, I don't really I'm not really familiar with WikiLeaks. It's amazing how he just lies and acts as if we live in the 1980s where if you threw away a newspaper from last week, you may not know what's going on. We live in the Internet phase, Donald Trump. We can pull this audio up of you, you know, kissing leaky, uh, WikiLeaks behind. So what do you think, Johnny? What happens to this guy now that he's been arrested? You, you know, Jay, I, it's, it's amazing how you articulated that. Now, I'm – in the spirit of Holy Week, I'm, I'm gonna do my best to try to refrain from being too, too critiquing of, of this guy in, in Washington. Behind was too much. Okay, sorry. Well, you know, the, the, the behind was too is, much. Is, my bad. It, 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 no, actually, the, the way, like I said, the way you articulated was, was wonderful. Um, it is amazing how how Donald Trump just doesn't value 
the intelligence of, of, of the American people. Because for him to run on a campaign boasting and bragging about WikiLeaks, and then all of a sudden when um, Julian um, Assange gets uh, arrested, well, basically kicked out of the embassy in London um, by virtue of, of course the Ecuadorian president which I think a lot of right. what what you what you what you'll see is as this moves forward is the sentiments that United States have basically depicted on all of the brown countries and nations uh, throughout the world you know mm-hmm. I, I I read an article where this uh, the Ecuadorian president was was basically indicating that they were not going to be bullied so it's going to be interesting to see which force may have been pushing to keep um, Hassan there. But the reality of it is, is that it is, it, it's that time, you know, and you think about not only his involvement in leaking documents and, and, and hacking into, you know, emails of, of Hillary Clinton, Clinton, this guy actually was hacking into Emails of the United States government in the U.S. military. So he, what he has done is far greater in in, in damage than, than what we will ever know. So I think that that seven years, nearly seven years in hiatus, is it certainly come to an end. Who motivated? I'm not sure. I, I do understand. Um, a couple of months ago, I had read where he had uh, done something in the Vatican and. That could have driven it as well, you know, cause it, so the Pope could, could somewhat be behind this, or it could be a, a, a numerous uh, amount of, of individuals. Uh, but the guy is probably going to be prosecuted. I think he will be brought back to America, seeing that the interest is there now. Uh, certainly the Trump regime will probably do their best to avoid that. But by the time that Assad is brought back and, you know, trials and, and everything take place, I think America will be blessed, and, and Trump will no longer be in office, and that entire regime will be gone. So I think the, the, the damage will be diminished somewhat over a period of time because, as you know, the longer they drag out the justice system, the, the, the less of an impact it has on those individuals who, who try to keep it going and keep it hot in the media. I mean, just like yourself in this particular broadcast right here. So it'll be interesting to see how – how it plays out. I don't think um, it was particularly uh, because of, you know, being in London and he was, you know, as you said, just a bad house guest. It, it's certainly more to that. Uh, the international laws, uh, the, the articles that I read continuously talked about, you know, him violating uh, international laws and, and just not being in compliance with the asylum that, that, that Ecuador had allowed him to, to be under for nearly the seven years. So, his time is up. Uh, his, his his autonomy pass was revoked, and we'll see how this thing plays out. You know, let me ask you a question because I, we had a debate on this show when, when it went down when President Obama pardoned Chelsea Manning, uh, Vanessa. Um, I, yeah, I don't know how I feel. About, how do you feel about that? Do, do you think President Obama made the right call with that? Uh, because this guy was a part of it as well. He was selling secrets and. All this other nonsense. I mean, well, this female, he, he had a sex change. Um, what do you think? You think he made a mistake when he let that person, uh, when he pardoned that individual for, for her crimes? 
you know, I thought it was interesting, but I can't, I can't say it because I've been seeing it that we as the American people don't know about that made Obama do that. I respect Obama's decision as to some most of the things that he did. So I'm not going to say I think that was a mistake because I respect him and I just know that it might have been something that was said that we don't know about. Now, if Trump did something like that, since I have no respect for him, uh, I probably would have to start getting on Google and looking up some stuff and digging it up to see why he did what he did. But no, no, I'm not going to say I think it was a mistake, why would you do that? I'm just going to say but, I think it was curious. I'm but, just but, curious but, but, let me, but you know what, let, let, let me... Let me push you on that a little bit because that's what people accuse us of on this show. And when they listen to the show, you said something that you know that kind of illustrates the point. The fact is, if President Obama does something that's questionable, you just you said, okay, I'm going to assume, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to walk and follow his lead. But if Trump does it, then I'm going to do some research. I mean, shouldn't we be doing research regardless of who the leader is? I mean, if it's a controversial well, decision or something Donald- that we're looking at. No, I'm just saying, let me finish this and I'll, I'll give it to you. If it's something uh-huh. that we're looking at with a raised eyebrow, should should we not say, hey, let's, you know, because it's President Obama, I mean, there's a lot of African Americans who are, who are upset with him during his presidency. So, I mean, shouldn't we be saying, well, let's take a look at it regardless of who it is in the White House? Yes, we should. But I can't think of anything that Obama did that um, – Maybe say what wait, wait, wait. And I'm gonna give you okay. an example of something he did that I didn't like. So let me say okay. I didn't see anything that okay. President Barack Obama did that made me think he was out to take care of himself and his family. I didn't see any of that where Trump, everything I'm seeing is to benefit him and his family or his son in law. There were some things that Barack okay. Obama did that I did not like. One of them was when he took a trillion dollars over there in, in the airplane in a suitcase and handed it over to those people overseas because he felt like they were owed that money. I think, I don't care what the reason was, the United States is so far in debt, I don't feel that that was right for him to have done that. Um, so he did that. I didn't you, like you're talking it. about the Iranian that situation? That, yeah, we took all that money that over right there. Right, we don't okay. have a trillion dollars to be given to them people. So I didn't like that. I thought that was terrible. I'll say, I mean, there were some things that he did that I didn't like, and my friends would get mad at me for saying it. But I never saw anything that he did that made me question him morally. Nothing. Because everything Trump does, okay. I'm questioning him morally. So, Listen, okay, that's I'm not fair enough. question what he did about releasing somebody, but um, I'm just not. I don't know what his reason was. It might have been something that we don't even know about. I'm not going to question him on it. I'm just going to look at it and say, that was interesting that he did that. Okay. What about you, Johnny D? Same, same, same thing for you. Uh, when we look at uh, Assange and this whole thing, uh, in Chelsea Manning, first of all, the question, do you? what about President Obama? Uh, you know, pardoning Chelsea Manning, and you know, then the second part of the question, which is, you know, if we think that there's some questionable, shouldn't we, you know, regardless of who the president is, shouldn't we, you know, do our researches to make sure that, uh, you know, we're well informed before we, you know, develop an opinion either way? 
I will agree. Uh, again, I wasn't in favor of private man getting at that point. Private man getting um, pardoned. I, I don't think that the information or, or, or intel that was provided was of significant value. I think it was more political and politics and that pardon, and I certainly don't agree with it. Uh, again, there was a lot of things that President Obama did right, his symbolism of being an upright, upstanding person. I, I've, I've never questioned that, but some of his policies and some of the things that he did, um, I certainly you know, have a right to, 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 to see it as contrary to what my beliefs are. And in that case there, I certainly thought that the pardon was, was, was far too gracious for the information that could have been provided uh, by a, a, a pretty low-level person at that particular time in the rank structure. Not, I don't want anybody to think that I'm talking about a uh, person as far as their humanity. I'm talking about in a rank structure. So, again, I yeah. disagree then and I disagree now that that should not have been done because you're talking about basically putting lives you know, the American lives, um, and, and really beyond our borders in America. You know, if you think about America uh, at one time, you know, America could, could really uh, stand for the fact that, that, that we were the world's keepers and that we had a, a good ethical and, and, and moral stance. Now that's diminishing every day. But at that particular time, America was still seen as as really the, the, the pinnacle of, of ethics and morale. So, you know, if you think how this individual could have jeopardized, you know, operatives' lives, uh, our current U.S. military, our nation's borders, as well as our allies, then no, there, there is there is no pardon for that. There is no pardon for that. So I disagree. Yeah, and, you know, and I, and I felt some type of way about that as well. You know, and he said, hey, this person, he felt that, you know that the uh, sentence was too harsh, and you know he had paid his, his his dues. And like you were saying, maybe it's because the amount or the type of intelligence that was that was released really didn't amount to anything. But it's just a practice. I guess you have to set an example. You know, uh, the intent was there. So I don't know. It just seems to me that uh, I wasn't a fan of that. To be honest with you, to be honest, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Um, so, once again, I'm just trying to figure out exactly what happens. So what happens here, now that he's in custody, you know, they're saying he could be put to death, Vanessa. I mean, you know, I, I mean, these guys, they're so brave when they're behind, you know, when they have protection. It's like these uh, keyboard heroes, you know. You, every now and then you get online and you get in the back and forth with somebody, and they're talking all this yin-yang because they know dang on well the chances of them running into you is next to nothing. So they're really bad. They're really talking all the crap in the world, and and so at the end of the day, you know, the bottom line is that they know they they know that uh, the chances of them having to deal with this are you know put their hands up so to speak, it's <laughs> slim to none. So he was talking bad when he was uh, when he was uh, you know under the protection of the embassy, but now you saw you saw the way he was fighting to come out of there. He said, man, once I'm outside of this shell, it's over. It's curtains. Because now they can get him. And this guy can be put to death for treason. I mean, think about what he has been doing. Some people say that, oh, this is journalism, what he was doing. Well, let let me ask you this, Johnny, since you jumped in here real quick. Journalism. 
Do you think people are saying, you know what, this is journalism, this guy is a journalist, and if you're going to do this, you know, this is an assault on the free press. Now, this, this, this is coming out of some I, of the Republicans' mouth, which is interesting. But go ahead, Johnny. And then, Vanessa, I, I want you to finish this. I disagree. Set. I disagree. I mean, your right to, to your liberties and freedoms should not endanger or impose on, on my rights as, as a person as well. So this guy put lives in danger. I mean, it, it goes beyond, you know, the politics of Hillary Clinton's emails and leaking that information right there. Uh, again, you're talking about American citizens, you know, in the conus of the United States and abroad. He put people's lives in danger. That's treason. And, of course, we all understand what is the punishment for treason. So if that is his fate, then he certainly duly engaged in it. And you would have thought that once he went into asylum that he would have stopped his shenanigans. But it's, 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 as, as you stated, Jay, he got even more emboldened thinking that he would be able to hide behind those walls. And I forget the guy that's because he was currently in Russia. but Exactly. But, but the same thing will – I hope the same fate is served to that gentleman that, that Russia is currently hiding out. I, I, I can't think of his name. Right off the top of my head, but, Snowden, um, these Snowden, guys right Snowden, here, Snowden, right, Snowden, exactly. Snowden. You know, so he, he, to me, he's no difference. The thing is, is that um, he had a, a much broader audience, uh, already yeah. established audience. So think about the individuals who he was able to impact immediately, and continuously with that mm-hmm. that that rhetoric. So yeah, he's got the freedom and the liberties of, of the First Amendment, but it does not allow persons to jeopardize the lives of others because you want to exercise your liberty. So, you know, ha- have do what you do and let this legal and the justice system play out. I agree. Vanessa, uh, i give you a final word on this. Question. Okay, so I yeah. guess my thing is not only was that lady a uh, person, person with, with Obama tied into WikiLeaks and releasing information and telling uh, personal, confidential, military. I mean, just really, really serious stuff. Look at what's going on right now. You're going to be upset about that. Look at the fact that Russia comes into the White House, and they could easily be recording stuff, putting a bug in the White House. I mean, what she did, or what that person did, man, woman, doesn't have nothing to do with what's going on now that is so much more serious with bugs and releasing confidential information and Trump talking on his personal telephone and the Japanese people is tying into his telephone and knowing what his conversations is about. I mean, it's worse now than it's ever been. So I can't be mad about one thing and then look at what's going on now. I'm just saying. I'm not going to question yeah. that because it's too, it's too bad right now. It's, too, it's worse. Is that yeah, right? it is. Yeah, it's worse. I mean, you know, listen, everything that's going on right now is worse. And so the bottom line is is that uh, we just have to be diligent and continue to keep faith. And hopefully one day this, look, what they say, this too will pass. <laughs> Speaking of getting worse, uh, in this week's edition of Informant, it's less something that you need to know. Uh, you know, the transgender ban is in effect. Right, let's listen to an interview on NPR News with a soldier that this, that's being affected by this. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. The Trump administration's policy barring transgender people from serving openly in the military went into effect yesterday. 
policy has forced transgender soldiers and other personnel to either try to conceal their identity and keep quiet or file paperwork to get a diagnosis of gender dysphoria before Friday. If a service member did not get that diagnosis and is openly transgender, they will be discharged. Elliot Summer is a graduate student in the U.S. Army Reserves and has been waiting for that diagnosis for months. Yesterday, he finally discovered what's next for him, and he joins us now. Mr. Summer, thanks for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. And will you still be able to serve? Yes. Uh, the Army Reserve Surgeon had uh, signed my paperwork, and I will be able to continue serving. What's it been like for your waiting? Uh, incredibly stressful. Um, we are coming down to a pretty tight timeline to try to get everything done, but it's it's been tough, especially with with everything being out of my hands. When you say getting everything done, what, help us understand what that entails. So, as a reservist, uh, I had to submit a packet of paperwork that included uh, a plan for my transition and a diagnosis from a civilian uh, medical provider of gender dysphoria uh, through my chain of command, and it had to travel up through different levels of command to the reserve surgeon, and she had to approve that diagnosis that was made by a civilian provider. Now, the administration has said that this policy does not ban transgender people from serving because they can still serve just uh, in, in the sex in which they were born. I wonder how you answer that. Um, transition is, is a medically necessary uh, treatment for gender dysphoria, um, and not every transgender person experiences dysphoria. But barring those from medically necessary treatment based on a medical condition, that's, that's where the ban is. You were transitioning from woman to man, and I, I understand treatment doesn't begin until December, is that correct? So my transition has, has already begun. Um, hormone replacement therapy has begun by, by civilian provider and the military is aware. However, the treatment plan that I had submitted um, includes other things such as potential surgeries, um, and this is for every service member, they have to submit um, a treatment plan. Once that treatment plan is completed, there's a timeline in that treatment plan of when your gender marker will change in the eyes of the Department of Defense. So the plan that I had submitted would result in a gender marker change of female to male um, in December of this year. Forgive me for not knowing, but how, how will you mark it? How will you present yourself differently? So currently, um, to the military, I am female, which means that I have to follow all regulations, uh, physical presentation, and housing, and um, bathroom, and, and every female regulation that, that is on the books. And then in December, once that changes from female to male, I will then be required to fall under um, all of the appearance, physical fitness, bathroom, housing, all of the male regulations for that. So even after all these trials, you want to uh, you want to serve your country in the military? Absolutely. Elliot Summer, a graduate student in the U.S. Army Reserves. Thank you so much. Thank you.
You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Look, I'm a never-forget guy. I'm of the opinion that we don't see the imagery of 9-11 often enough. It seems relegated to just once a year, usually on the anniversary. But this is not what I had in mind. Thursday's New York Post cover showed images of the Twin Towers burning down on September 11, juxtaposed with a quote from Representative Ilan Omar. The quote was from remarks she made at a March 23rd banquet hosted by the Council on American Islamic Relations, or CARE. Her description of 9-11 as some people did something has now caused a firestorm. Well, Democrats are uh, pushing for the president's tax returns. Where are yours? Because I know you've been well, saying for a few months now. Well, April 9th, right? Right. April 15th is tax due date, right? right? So we wanted to do 10 years, and we wanted to include the latest returns. So today's the 9th. 15th coming, somewhere in between that you're going to have this So you're like a college kid that does it right up to the deadline. That's kind of what we do. We don't have a whole bunch of accountants running around, so we do it. Right, welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. That was uh, Bernie Sanders. We're talking about that third set. But right now, we want to focus on uh, the freshman congresswoman, Representative Omar. Uh, we want to talk about that. She made some comments uh, about nine eleven, and more people had people have gone into an uproar about her comments. Now, you know, here's my question, and the question I'll start it off with you, Johnny D. The comments that she made. Uh, are they as bad as they're being made out to be? Because, you know, I, you know we do this a lot. What we do is we, we play a portion of videotape, and then we comment on the portion of videotape, but we do not listen to the full context of what the congressperson was trying to say. So before I tell you what, before I get your response, I want to play the full, I want to play what she said, and then I want you to come back and respond on the other side. <laughs> Look, I'm a never-forget guy. I'm of the opinion that we don't see the imagery of 9-11 often enough. It seems relegated to just once a year, usually on the anniversary. But this is not what I had in mind. Thursday's New York Post cover showed images of the Twin Towers burning down on September 11, juxtaposed with a quote from Representative Ilan Omar, The quote was from remarks she made at a March 23rd banquet hosted by the Council on American Islamic Relations, or CARE. Her description of 9-11 as some people did something has now caused a firestorm. Far too long we have lived with the discomfort of being a second-class citizen. And frankly, I'm tired of it, and every single Muslim in this country should be tired of it. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. Now, that's what she said in the comments. And so, you know, AOC has come out in her defense. And when you listen to the full statement, Johnny D, your comments on her remarks and do you think that what she said is being blown out of proportion? It certainly is being blown out of proportion. I, I respect the right for her to uh, have that opinion. And to be honest with you, if you look at the anti-Muslim anti uh, campaign that Donald Trump ran uh, back in 2016, I can 
certainly uh, see where she would uh, indicate that. Uh, now, her accuracy on, on care is, is, is not on point. Uh, I think that started after the first World Trade Center bombing back in 1994. 1994. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the first World Trade was in 1993, so it started back in that time frame, so it didn't actually happen after 9-11. But I do think that the comments are being politicized and and blown out. Uh, What she said, uh, she's got a right to feel that way because, you know, many, many folks, and, and, you know, I I share their pain. You know, oftentimes when I'm traveling and and I'm looking and – and, and I see a, 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 a Middle Eastern or, or a person who is, is Muslim or Muslim, and I look at them and I say, I, you know, I, I kind of, you know, expound on what is it that they think, you know, knowing that people may be looking at them differently. So in, in a right. sense, I kind of put myself in their place, but it's, it's no different than, than being a, 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 a black man who stays in America. You know, you go into a restaurant, you look around and, you know, you're looking to see, okay, what, what do you think people are thinking about you? At some point, you, you began to understand that, yeah, there is a, a, a certain uh, stereotype that people place on you that's not always going to be favorable. But I do think that the comments mm-hmm. and stuff is taken out of context. Uh, I disagree with that uh, the gentleman who was speaking about, you know, we don't see the images enough. Uh, you know, you don't see people every day parading images of Hitler around, uh, you know, in, in World War One and World War Two, so those images nor the Civil War. So, you know, why would you want to continuously show the Twin Towers going down or the Pentagon being bombed? To me, that's just insightful. You know, people understand that the pain is still there. You never, you never lose the pain. You don't have to see the images because the pain is there. And you know, history, history doesn't doesn't uh, leave itself. So people read and people understand and. You know, just the day-to-day interactions that you have with, with you know, Muslim Americans and things of that nature right there will depict the, 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 the sentiments that, that some people may have towards them for or against. But uh, I do respect the right that she said what she said, and, and sometimes I share those same sentiments in regards to how people uh, try to treat me as, as, a, as a black man who lives in America. Interesting. You know, Vanessa, uh, same question for you. Uh, you know, I think, first of all, CARE was founded in 1994, and so the congresspersons, the congresswoman's uh, representatives came back and said what she meant by that statement was she misspoke. She was saying that all of a sudden, I guess, the enrollment or they stepped up their efforts. Uh, uh, they, doubled their, they doubled their efforts after uh, 9-11. I think that's what she meant to say. Um, and as far as um, uh, uh, what uh, Michael Miskarmish was saying, and that was the guy that was uh, making the comments prior to her soundbite. He was just saying, I think what he was saying was he just wished we would celebrate it more. 9-11, and I remember uh, 9-11 because I remember exactly what I was doing when 9-11 took place. And it's like to me, it's now, you know, every, the every you know, once a year, it's a once a year uh, commemoration that you well, I should say a remembrance, I guess, of uh, what happened. And it's like, well, now it's just another day. And I think that's where he may be going with that comment. I'm not sure. But, Vanessa, uh, what say you, your thoughts on the congresswoman's comments? And do you think they were taken out of proportion? I do think they were taken out of proportion. 
uh, Jay, I, I think that she feels the same way we feel as African Americans that sometimes um, we're in areas and places and black and uh, people of different nationalities hold their purses because um, there's a, a, a black man that's six foot five or whatever it is and he's a big man and they're afraid so they want to hold their purses when they walk by. I believe that that because Muslims or uh, were people on September 11th was um, in this uh, 9-11 event um, are placed in a bad atmosphere, Jay, because I've seen them, without saying exactly what all I do, but I've seen them come on the airplane. I've seen them at work where um, they don't want to stand next to them. At first, it has gotten a lot better. They didn't. If two of them was talking, Lord behold, they'd be back there telling us, I think they're plotting something because two of them was talking. So it it was really, really bad. And I won't forget it because September 11th is my wedding anniversary. So I know exactly what I was doing. And I know how they closed and shut the airports down and put all the planes on the ground and people were stranded for weeks, like a week and a half with no clothes with them because they took everybody out of the air. I mean, it's very, very clear to me what happened because of me being in the airline industry. I just will never forget it and I have seen the aftermath of how they are treated since that event especially right after they didn't want to sit next to them God forbid they came on the plane with a turban or something on their head Lord Jesus people were trying to change their flight I'm serious so she's saying to me to me she was saying I might be wrong I don't know to me she was saying that everybody is not like that that Everybody's getting blamed for it Even though everybody didn't do it in that nationality That's the way I took away with that So I don't know That's just what I took away from it But she's right It's just like everybody black ain't bad Everybody, everybody I mean That's my takeaway Jay Is no. that yes they are treating well, them wrong Alright Let's bring in the smartest man in the world The one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit From uh, EspritRadio.net And the guy who brings us uh on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis. What's going on, Jerome? How you doing? Hi, Jerome. Hey, Vanessa. I'm good, man. How you doing? Just another day in paradise, no palm trees. What say you in regards to this? What do you think about her comments? Are we taking them out of – are they being taken out of – fortunately, what's going on here, man? Talk to us. Yeah, all of that stuff is being taken out of context. And I think that we um, need to be careful about letting people determine what's in our news cycle. Right, so you can alter like a clip and then make a whole week of news stories out of something that you are actually giving the impression of. White folks are scared. If they just admit that, then we really need to not deal with these things as they panic. Because what they're saying is, we need not forget something that gives us uh, a bias, right? Because their their impression is is that 9/11 was Muslim people not liking them. But they seem to conveniently forget that when Trump starts hanging out with Saudi Arabia and is trying to slip them nuclear weapons on the back end, right? Fox News forgets all about that. They don't remember 9-11. Oh, you better preach. <laughs> they, don't, they don't remember 9-11 when that happened. You sitting around with the Saudi prince and his, you know, father, and they kill a reporter, and it's like, oh, we don't remember 9-11, but she says one thing, and it's like, we need to all remember 9-11. It's like, what the hell is wrong? Like, it's hilarious. We need to stop taking them so damn serious when they cannot figure out what it is that they want to focus on. 
And what it is, they want to focus on hate. They need to create somebody who's a boogeyman or a monster. So they pick the black Muslim woman. And anything that she says, they get to scrutinize. And then Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, them fools are running around here scared like they can't come defend her. We need, we, it is our responsibility to not to do, to have the, the wag the tail situation in us. We don't need them telling us what we need to be concerned about in this community. You got a president who is damn near at 10,000 lies documented. And we, like, yeah. I remember everyone was like, well, Barack Obama said you can keep your health insurance. And he lied. He didn't lie. That's your company that changed your health insurance when the affordable health care started. But you want to blame that black man for something that he did not do. But in this situation, he said grab them by the cross, and you don't still hold him responsible for stuff he actually did. We're still having debates on, hey, what did Mueller report find? But we know that he tried to get the Trump Tower Moscow deal, but we get to debate something that is speculative when we actually know facts on the other side, and we won't even debate that. Well, let's see what the report says. It just said it wasn't criminal, so he must be okay, and the Democrats need to move on. They keep wagging us, right? They keep telling us what it is that the story is and letting the obvious sit out there right in front of us. And I think the one thing that we all need to learn about this and all of these situations is that the media is not giving you, and I'm not talking about in a Republican way. I am talking about, or I'm sorry, a Fox News kind of way. That the way white supremacy works, for those who don't know, is creating narratives and creating situations that make certain people victims while vilifying other folks. That's white supremacy. So look at why we are talking about this black Muslim woman, about something she did not say that people are taking out of context. And they, you know, King, Steve King can go say any racist crazy thing that he wants mm. to they spend about two seconds on that yeah Sad. you know here's here's something else too you, you bring up the fact that when they put the false narrative out there johnny d one of the things that people one, one of the scare tactics that republicans used all throughout the obama administration he's coming to get your guns he's coming to get your guns and i remember on this show we used to always point out the fact that the reason why some of these people can stand in national parks with their weapons holstered is because the fact that president obama gave them the permission to do that he never took their guns you don't hear someone coming back and say oh well he didn't take the guns they use these things as fear-mongering, and these people fall for it hook, line, and sneaker. It's the oldest trick in the world. What I can't understand, and it, this is going to sound silly, but I still can't understand how fish fall for the freaking worm on the hook thing. Some other fish to the wind told them, look, man, that is a disguise. They're going to snatch you out the water and eat you. Spread the word. Look, the bottom line is, I'm being silly there, but my point is, is that they use this stuff all the time, and these people fall for this nonsense hook, line, and uh, and, uh, and switch. And, you know, and that's uh, no pun intended. But they fall for this stuff every time. Hook, line, and sinker, that's what I meant to say. They fall for it all the time, Johnny D. And, and, it, and it's just not true. But they fall for it every time. Let's see you, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, 
can't argue with the point. Uh, you know, ev- everyone wants to have a, a, a cause and everyone wants to belong to something. Uh, and unfortunately, what the Republican Party has been able to masterfully do for such a long period of time, but I, I will say that that time is up, is, again, scare people into villainizing others and to making yourself, as Jerome said, making yourself the victim. Because once you do that, then you're going to have a lot of people that's going to champion, you know, several things that the Republican Party has always been able to, to kind of stand firm on as the elections approach, uh, the, the, the pro-choice stance. They also go with, with the Second Amendment and then the national defense. Now, I don't know if there has been a president that has weakened America's national defense more than this one here. If you look at all of the offices that he does not currently have a person working in on his cabinet level, it is is almost alarming. And you look at the cybersecurity, okay, you've already seen where Russia has penetrated uh, our elections and and with, with the assistance of Donald Trump in, in, in this regime, uh, you look at the fact that he has smoothed over relationships with North Korea and China, all of these countries that pose the most significant threat to the United States uh, as far as national defense. These are the individuals that he has, has allowed himself to, to, to coddle up with, which weakens America. So national defense... It's going to be interesting on how the Republicans try to swing that. Uh, the Second Amendment, certainly Australia has demonstrated that that can be something that can be expedient, but at the same time uh, pretty mainstream uh, with, with, with their citizens. I don't know how America attacks gun reform, gun laws, but I do know that we need to do something about what we the current system that we have but yeah it is that intimidation it's that that fear that people have to to be the victim and as long as you sit in the victim's chair uh it, it plays right into the hands uh, you know poor me and and right now they're, they're doing it based on the, the the racial lines you know every article that you see in that now you got the steve miller's out there prompting and promoting it as well you know it's like you know the, the the poor white Caucasian male, you know, as if they they the victims now. So it, it it's similar to to gun laws and everything else, but it is the victim and its opposition. And whenever you have that, people are going to choose sides. They're going to be less informed because you look at how uh, Donald Trump and, and his entire team utilizes the media and villainizes the media from a negative. So even people who, who halfway keep up with news sources have to look at the news and say, okay, well, I wonder if that's true when you get this guy who gets up there and some of his cronies who say, well, that's not true or distort the facts or just flat out lie. So you got people confused. And I think in the confusion, in the confusion, either people either stay at home and they don't uh, opt to vote or they take the most means and they, they identify with, with, their, with either their their gender or their race or their religion or, or, or whomever. You know, I remember the comment where, you know, they, they literally raped uh, President Obama over the coals when, when he talked about, you know, when people are, are, are scared, they, they grab their Bibles and their weapons, you know. And, oh, boy, that was a, a sure enough political chant and cry. 
that the Republicans utilized. Yeah. And when you look at the comment in in the substance, he was no way trying to demean or degrade anybody based off religion or or, or the Second Amendment. But it, it's it again it is interesting uh, how people play the victim and unfortunately when. Yeah, I mean you're right. You're right about that. Uh, when you look at you know comments that they take, it and he brings up he brings up something though. Johnny brought up something that I thought people should be aware of. People, you know, they just they're so blinded by the curveball and the smoke and mirrors that President Trump throws out there, Vanessa. You know, major departments, agencies, security agencies in this country, they do not have people in charge at the top. Secret Service, Homeland Security, just to name a few. I mean, these. I mean, there are a lot of offices where they don't have people in place. We're talking national security. And yet, not one Republican, not one person is really saying, oh my God, they're not outraged by this at all. I'm I'm amazed at how people who are uh, uh, public servants, folks who are educated, you'd like to think, would fall for the old Jim Jones thing of drinking Kool-Aid. Now, I never, I was always amazed how can one person Make me, you know, take all these people to Guyana and make them kill themselves. Or the guy who had those folks dress up in black with black Nikes and kill themselves. People are gullible. I can't understand how Donald Trump, a guy who hasn't done anything for nobody, has these people following him like the Pied Piper of freaking New York. It is amazing, Vanessa. But think about it. National Security Offices, agencies within the government, no head, no lead. Right. You say that. They consolidated it. They consolidated DHS, Homeland Security, all of them into one. So everybody up at the top is in a temporary position. So if you're in a temporary position, then the, the different organizations are not talking. They're not talking to each other. I think that is amazing. And they're not gullible, Jay. They are just not saying anything because they're too scared that either they're going to lose their job, which they will, or... The people, as far as the representatives in the country, they're just scared. They're not going to get voted back in the office if they go against Trump. So they're not gullible. Ain't no telling what they're back behind closed doors or having dinner saying about Trump. They're just afraid. But the people at the top of Homeland Security last week when that lady, she just quit and she said, y'all got one week, I'm going to be gone next Wednesday. And she was fired. She didn't quit. She, she was, was forced not. to resign. No, she was yeah, she was forced to resign. Yeah, she was fired. Yeah. She was forced, Jay, because she didn't want to do anything any worse to the borders. And he was like, I want this done at the borders, and I want it done right now, and she wouldn't do it. And I think her second in charge, didn't that person resign as well? I mean, didn't that, that person, person resign? Yeah, let go too. Yeah. But didn't the other person resign, Jerome? That yeah, that under? person's gone too, yeah. Yeah, they, they forced her to resign too. Well, what happened in that? Yeah, what happened in that situation is that once you and you were right. I know Jay said that she was fired, but she technically was forced to resign because she didn't want to break the law to get her butt into jail. Right. So the idea was for those short-sighted white supremacists that are on the on the White House side, what they believe is this: is that hey, if we get rid of her. You could just put somebody in there temporary, right? So, so they got her to resign, right. but they didn't. 
through, and they didn't figure the next person up. They have a succession order in, in Homeland Security. So the woman who was next in line, they forced her to resign, too, because they can't put in who they want in those positions. See, they're breaking government and, to how it's supposed to work. And so just to finish, answering, to finish answering, like he said, that he, they're breaking government. He's trying to put everybody in these major high-up positions that are in temporary positions. He wants them in those spots, like the IRS. He wants to put somebody well, in yeah, the yeah, IRS yeah, spot man. so he can stop them. Well, yeah, because they don't have to go through confirmation. I mean, he's not. She's not done. Right. No, no, they, they don't have to go. That's how you worry no, about. No, they don't. No, they it's don't have to go through for a temporary position, Jay. They don't have to go through confirmation for a temporary position. No, no, I know that. My, my point was is that he's. No, no, I was saying my point was the fact that they don't, you know, he don't have to worry. He can just put in there who he wants to put in there. He don't have to worry right. about anything. He can get people in there who believe exactly what he believes in and don't have right. to worry right. about going through that I'm process. Gone. Well, but you don't, but Jerome disagrees with that, it sounds like. Well, well, here's the problem with that, though. You're going to run out of people, mm-hmm. right? And so the only people who you can replace in those spots that um, that are being opened up is people who are already confirmed. So where is it going to move, um, you know, what's, what's the guy's name uh, from from HUD? He's going to move him over to Homeland Security? Because you have to already be finished confirmed to actually run one of those departments anyway. So temporarily... Carlson Hood, the black guy, Carlson. What's his name? Uh, uh, Carson. Yeah, Carson. He's still there. Carson. Isn't he Hood? Yeah, he's at Hood. So just like Mulvaney is running his chief of staff, but he actually runs another department, so he's temporarily his right. chief of staff. So you can do this, but so much, but then that means you'll have two, per- two, you know, one person running multiple departments because you can't fill them. You can't fill them. But you can move a Senate-confirmed person over to another um, position without confirming them. But, again, the problem is is that he's running out of people. That's why there's so many spots filled. And the career yeah, people actually uh, run them on a day-to-day basis. So it's interesting what's going to fall out. It's like looking at the, the um, Mueller report. The one thing that Barr actually let people know by mistake was, when he goes to Congress and he says, you're redacting all this information, uh, I think it was a Republican to ask him, what, what can somebody do to get the report? And he says nothing because they have to get it from me, or they can get it from Mueller, but that will be unfortunate. So you know what's going to happen now, right? Congress is going to subpoena Mueller and pull that whole doggone thing. You don't have to get it from the attorney general, or they so. can get it from Mueller. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, I hope that they do this. I mean, it, this is just what's going on here. It's just, I mean, for people to, to think that this is okay makes you really question, uh, you know, what their intent is, what their intent is, and I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I'm at a point, man, where this is amazing. Everything that's going on. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to talk about tax returns and say good morning to the crew and say good morning to you. You listen to the serious side. We'll be right back after this. The serious side continues after a short break.
It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network. What would you like to do? What I've told you is I thought it was respectful that you'd let me leave at 515. You are free to leave any time you want. You may go. uh, Any time you want. Please dismiss everybody. I believe you're supposed to take the gravel and and bang it. Please do not instruct me as to how I'm to conduct this committee. (laughs) I love it. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. 347-850-1272. Listen to the serious side of the J-Rod Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. Let me introduce you to the players in the house and say good morning to Vanessa Maybelli from the Macinelli. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Happy Palm Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, absolutely. To my man, the educator rapper himself, the one and only Johnny D. Good morning, Johnny. How are you, sir? Good morning, doing well, and certainly blessed. Good morning to the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree from StreetRadio.net. What's going on, Jerome? Hey, not much. Good morning. What's happening to you? Good morning, Mr. Elias, and good morning to uh, Momo Beezy in the Heezy in the house. Let me say good morning to some folks in the chat room, because I did open it up all by morning, myself Momo. this morning. Say good Good morning to Easy. What's happening, Easy? Volba Bright, Mr. Elias, is not here to fight. Fight with you, big guy. I understand. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, Kavina Man, I know he's out riding that bike this morning. What's up, Kavina Man? I want to say what's happening to uh, the pastors in the house, Mariana Music, Prescott, Emily. What's going on, Emily? Uh, Rashawn? Did I say that correctly? Rashawn, what's happening to you? Leonard, Leroy, what's happening? Pretty Ricky, that's what they call me. He's in the house as well. And, of course, as always, every Sunday morning at about this time, we say good morning to our director of our social media outreach program, the one and only Jackie. Jackie, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? Good. It's just another day in paradise. No palm trees. All right, Jackie, tell people how they can stay in contact with the show when the show's not live. Well, if you'd like to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all three pages have the same ending handle, facebook.com slash groups, twitter.com, instagram.com slash TJRS Radio. And if you'd like to email us about anything, Email us at the serious side at outlook.com. Keep up with us. Keep up with us in the TJRS Radio Network. And congratulations, Jackie, to you on your new endeavors that you have going on. Congrats. Check her out on Instagram as well. You can also check out the J. Ross Show on Instagram. You can keep up with yours truly. Posting stuff every now and then just to kind of keep you. Keep you intrigued a little bit. Follow your boy. Follow Rich Sister. You know, be a part of our family. We'd love for you to continue to hang out with us. So, Jackie, tell everybody about your Instagram feed so people can keep up with you as well. 
Okay. Um, well, I'm starting like a new chapter for Thoughts for Vision. Um, just want to say if you would like to check out the blog or if you'd like to use me at your next event as a motivational speaker or if you'd like to purchase some of my Vision Body Soap and Scrubs. There's one place and one place only for you to go to, and that's what I like to call my one-stop shop. Check out my website, www.jackiejackieap.com. Once again, that's jackiejackieap.com. Check it out. All right, check it out. All right, uh, welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Tax time tomorrow is the tax deadline. You have to get your taxes in by tomorrow. And speaking of taxes, you know we've been chasing Donald Trump's taxes for the longest, but now there's a Democrat that uh, we're looking for that person's taxes as well. And this is a Democrat that always rails against millionaires and billionaires, and uh, looks like this guy uh, is a millionaire as well. We're talking about Bernie Sanders, and uh, Bernie has pledged to release 10 years of tax returns tomorrow. Uh, When he was asked during the 60 Minutes interview about his tax returns, this is what he had to say. Democrats are uh, pushing for the president's tax returns. Where are yours? Because I know you've been saying for a few months now. Today is April 9th, right? Right. April 15th is tax due date, right? right? So we wanted to do 10 years. And we wanted to include the latest returns. So today's the 9th, 15th coming. Somewhere in between that, you're going to have this So you're like a college kid who does it right up to the deadline. That's kind of what we do. We don't have a whole bunch of accountants running around, so we do it. But uh, there isn't something in those returns that's going to make your supporters unhappy. Yeah, my trillions of dollars investment in Saudi Arabia and Russia. You got it, Ed. (laughs) Right here. You got it on CBS. No, I don't think so. Look, here it is. Here's what it is, basically. I make what a United States senator makes. Uh, I wrote two books in recent years. One of them was a bestseller on the New York Times bestseller list, translated to five or six languages. It did very well. I made money on that book. Second book didn't make quite so much money. So that's the kind of the uh, where the money came from above and beyond our congressional salaries. Some years ago, my wife was the president of a college. She made money. That's about it, more or less. <laughs> Sounds like Vanessa and Bernie was trying to downplay what he makes in taxes. Uh, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, I make a little money. It's a big rip, you know, bottom line. You know, my, my wife was the president of the university, uh, bottom line. Uh-huh. In other words, Bernie Sanders is a millionaire. So now, how does this change his approach moving forward? Because, you know, we had clips ready to play of Bernie Sanders just going on and on and on and on about millionaires. Now he's a millionaire. So, so does this change his approach any? Vanessa, when it comes to his message, and you know, you know, you have to feel the burn. I mean, that was one of his lead things. Hey, God dang it! If you are a freaking millionaire, we're coming after you. Now, guess what? He's one. How does this change his approach and his campaign? Uh, you know, his campaign slogan and the things that he's going to do as far as trying to get voters to vote for him. Well, write a book. Write a book. Okay, Bernie, he's wrote Bernie two. Sanders says, if you write a book, you'll become a millionaire and, and sell it. You'll become a millionaire, too. A best-selling book. So how does this I, – I, I guess the question is, and, and, and let, me, let me ask you, Johnny, I mean, 
how can he continue with this uh, railing against millionaires now that he is one? Well, I mean, stuff, and he's the same. So, I mean, you come out of one mouth and you do something else. I mean, what about you, Johnny? I mean, your response? Hypocrite. Yeah, I look at it. I, I, <laughs> Miss Vanessa, you you about to make me double over in laughter, but you know (laughs) politics is is an interesting game because what generally happens is you got these affluent people who get into politics for the connections. It's clearly not the salary. It's the connections in order to be able to to make additional revenue and really to go from being rich to wealthy. And Bernie Sanders is one who has capitalized off it. But, but what's missing is this here. Because America is so convinced that your socioeconomic status dictates your worth and value, we forget that the, that the politicians work for us. We elect them in. But yet, because they have this, this 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 name appeal and they have these salaries and this influence, then that just simply makes us bow down to them and, and, and serve them. And they're actually supposed to be serving us. So Bernie Sanders has taken his newfound fame four years ago, and he's profited off of it. He's doing nothing more than what others have. I think he did, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, four years ago, he, he did release his taxes, correct? And and. 2016, I think he did uh, release his tax information, and uh, Kamala Harris is certainly putting some pressure on everyone. I, I believe uh, she just released what 15 years of her tax returns, and everybody else seems to be coming out. So uh, you won't see you won't see Donald Trumps now. Bernie Sanders, I think, will uh, just by the simple fact of the pressure of the of, of the rest of the Democratic Party that he will eventually succumb and bring his out because he will have no, no leverage or nowhere to stand as the, the Democrats, uh, particularly with this uh, Representative Richard Neal, as they continuously push towards this uh, April 23rd deadline for Donald Trump to release his taxes. Yeah, sorry about that. All right, uh, well, good. Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. So, so Jerome, now, everybody's talking, talking about – I'm sorry, were you finished, honey? Yeah. Okay. So everybody's talking about everybody's talking about Bernie Sanders' uh, uh, tra- uh, tax returns. But here's the deal now. So the Oversight Committee in Congress is asking for the president's tax returns. And according to uh, law, they are, they, they are entitled to this information. But now we have the, sec- the finance secretary coming in and saying, oh, wait a minute, we're not going to give it up. But the bottom line is this law also talks about that. Look, if you, you know, if you try to hinder a committee, this particular committee, from doing their duty, you can actually go to jail. So this guy, you know, Nick, this guy, Jerome, <laughs> it's amazing how, once again, these guys circle and, you know, they put the, the, the wagons around Donald Trump, but at the end of the day, they're putting themselves in peril. I mean, they're putting themselves in jeopardy because the bottom line is the law is the law. So, you know, we're talking about Bernie Sanders, 
But how can the finance secretary step in and say, hey, guess what? We're not going to release uh, the president's tax returns when this particular committee under law has the right to do so. Jerome. Oh, yeah, I got, I'm sorry. Um, I'm looking forward to them not complying. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but the, I, I'm going to watch one of them go to jail, and it's going to be hilarious to me. Because they already, they, look, Jerome, they no, already no, no. ignored. Uh, the, I am talking about the Attorney General Barr for what he's doing and Steve Mnuchin for actually trying to hold this up. Because, you know, I had this conversation with uh, Kathleen, and uh, Kathleen, if you live listening, um, come in on this one. But everybody knows, and as an attorney, this is coming from Kathleen, when something says shall, that is not an option. If you say they should, then you, you have some wiggle room, should they do something or not. In the law, when it says shall, you have to. It means you must, right? And I am telling you right now, somebody whether they hold them in contempt, because you know the Congress will take you to court. I mean, they have lawyers just, and some of those guys are lawyers. Mnuchin's rich butt. For him that risk going to jail, I don't think he is going to risk it. Right? So when Trump says, hey, if you, you, if so. you get arrested, I'll pardon you. Yeah, you could pardon me, but I ain't spending two years in jail for you to pardon me. <laughs> like, that ain't uh-uh. I'm not spending a night in jail <laughs> waiting for you to pardon me. <laughs> So you can say what you want. Rich people ain't going to jail like that that easy. But you, you know wrong. what I mean? Like you, you know, you can parse that all you want to. And and as far as Bernie Sanders is concerned, I want to tell you this because just to go on the record, I don't believe in having people show their tax returns to run for any office. I don't believe in that. I believe for president, in that case, they should show their tax returns, but. They, it shouldn't say that they shall show their press returns. And here's why. Because we make certain judgments on people based upon money. It is sick. It is how we get ourselves in messes like this. Right? People believe Trump because they're like, he's rich. That fool ain't rich. Right? I mean, he has money. He has resources. He has leverage. But we get ourselves in, like, just bound up because we think people have money. That's why people buy nice cars and shiny watches and stuff, because you're like, oh, he must be successful because he looks rich. We need to get out of that mindset. And the founding fathers of this country, um, I don't like to quote them much, but I'll tell you this. They were really smart in making sure that you can run for office no matter what your social economic status is, because they didn't want rich people dictating what other people do. So if we put it in law that you have to sell your, show your taxes, that will disqualify 90% of the people from ever running for office. We should never do that. This mm, is stupid. They should see this from a mile away. It impedes on your freedom. Like, you can be a judge without being a lawyer. Most people don't know that. And it's because yeah, of how the court yeah. system works. Right? They're, they're elected. Right. So... I'll, I'll stop there yeah. and let you want to know how that works. But. Well, uh, 347 you brought up Mnuchin's name, and I want to play the exchange between him and uh, Maxine Waters. <laughs> it's, it's, it's classic radio. I want to hear it. Let's listen to what's happening on the other side. 
want you to know that no other secretary has ever told us the day before that they were going to limit their time in the way that you're doing. So if you want to use them as examples, you have acted differently than they have acted, and as, about, as I have said, if you wish to leave, you may. If you'd wish to keep me here so that I don't have my important meeting and continue to grill me, then we can do that. I will cancel my meeting and I will not be back here. I will be very clear. That's the way you'd like to have this relationship. Thank you. The gentleman, the secretary, has agreed to stay to hear all of the rest of the members. Okay, Please so just cancel your meeting and respect our time. I, I am Who is next on the list? My foreign meeting. You're, you're instructing me to stay here, and I should cancel. No, you just meeting. made me an offer. No, I didn't make you an you offer. You made me an offer that I accepted. I, I did not make well, you an offer. Just let's be clear. Well, you're you, instructing me. You are ordering me to stay here. No, you I'm not either. ordering you. I'm responding. Okay. I said you may leave any time you want. And you said, okay, if that's what you want to do, I'll cancel my appointment and I'll stay here. So I'm responding to your request. If that's what you that's want to do. That's not what I want to do. I told you. What would you like to do? What I've told you is I thought it was respectful that you'd let me leave at 5.15. You are free to leave any time you want. You may go any time you want. Please dismiss everybody. I believe you're supposed to take the gravel and, and bang it. That's Please do not instruct me as to how I'm to conduct this committee. And it's called a Maxine Waters, boy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I know, right? Uh, look, Jackie, you're still here. Let, let me get your comment on uh, what, what's happening with this whole thing, uh, with uh, the, the fact that Democrats are trying to get the, 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 the president's tax returns. Now, all of a sudden, Americans are saying that that's not important. And Jerome, you know, he feels the same way, and that's fine. That's that's fine. But but this guy's running for I president. I didn't say about him. He ran for president. Okay. I didn't say that. All right. I didn't but say you're saying that they shouldn't put a law out there. That yeah. dictates to someone, okay, fair enough, and it should be voluntary. And you're saying, and as far as for full disclosure, that this information should be available to the American people. But we all know why Trump's hiding his tax returns. He knows, we know why. The guy knows that, you know, the bottom line is, is that he ran for president because he wanted to make Trump TV uh, profitable. He did it to make money. He had no intentions on winning, folks. Let's just make sure y'all understand that. He did not think he was going to win. It was a publicity stunt. Now that he's won, he's being exposed for everything that he's, all the shady business practices that this guy's involved in is being exposed. And you folks who are drinking this Kool-Aid, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. So now let me go to you, Jackie. Let me give you a comment because you've been here. What do you think about this whole thing with the president's tax returns and Bernie Sanders? Well, just give me your comments on what we've talked about so far. Your thoughts, please. No well, I definitely <laughs> right. I I definitely agree with Jerome and what he's saying about it shouldn't be like a requirement to show your taxes because you're cutting out a whole lot of people from being present. But how? But wait, let me ask you a question. How is that cutting well, people well, out? Well, I mean, there's no law that says you can't run for president that you're rich. I mean, I I guess I don't understand that statement. But go ahead, Jackie. Finish your thought. No, no, I'm just saying I can understand what Jerome is saying, that you can't come okay. close. There's not no actual law, but that you can't come close to thinking that. I mean, I mean, look at with Trump. 
they, they, I mean, that's what you heard uh, from some people you talking about, oh, he's a, he's a businessman, man. He's a businessman. What kind of businessman is what you need to pay attention to? A, a, a crooked businessman? Yes. He's a crooked <laughs> businessman, and you should have paid attention to the crooked as opposed to the business. Let me jump in here real and, quick, Jackie, because this, I, we have a phone call that let, – let me jump in real quick. We have a phone call. We're running out of time. I, I forgot he was on, on the line. I apologize. Let me get him in here real quick. Let's bring in Bob from New York. Bob, good morning. Welcome to the series. My apologies, sir, for you being on hold for so long. What say you? Good morning, sir. Good morning, everyone else. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Or grand morning, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> Great morning. Hey, right. yeah. Uh, you know, I've been around 73 years now. I don't know if okay. I'll make it to the 80th year, but I'm here now. And what I've seen through the years. That you do. <laughs> what I've seen is I was let off from paying federal taxes for two years because I was in Vietnam okay. as a Marine. Okay, so Thank I will say service. I got. Yeah, I, I got out of paying two years worth. But, you know, I've always wondered. I've seen the change starting in about the 50s, the way government okay. runs runs their organization. And now a real businessman is the president. A real one Okay. the president. Okay. And it... It, it actually put a cap on the United States changing to a business. It has been a business for years. Uh, but they're running the government as a business. So since they're running government as a business, then I'd say keep it business and have the IRS start billing people. I mean, if they're a business, uh, why are they having us tell them what we owe them? They should tell us what we owe them. They should send a bill. I see no reason why they can't send a bill. Tell us what we owe them. You understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, you're saying instead yeah, of us yeah, having to file taxes and go through all this process, you tell us what, what we owe. Well, interesting. Huh? It's a different concept. No, I say it's a different concept. I, I mean, hey, listen, I mean, there's, there, there no, are there's no concept. That, but, uh, Government okay. runs a business. they got to do business no. as a business. Instead of treating okay. us like a bunch of slaves, they should treat us like proper people. They should bill us. That's not a new concept. That's been around for years. <laughs> they they uh, run well, the government. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I'm going to finish your statement. We, we were definitely pressed against time. Uh, but finish your statement. We have to go. So go ahead and finish your Yeah, I realize that. Go ahead and go. I, I can answer that question. Okay, Bob. Though. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. What you say, what you say, Jerome? I can answer that if you'd like. Yeah, go ahead. Well, okay, so... Here's the thing. He's not running like a business. He's running like a small business where he has control over everything, and 
they are putting really unqualified people in there. So what happens, the difference between a business and the government is the government can go into debt because it can bond. If it was a business from him adding $1.2 trillion to the deficit last year, we would be bankrupt as a business. But since we can bond out of our own debt, then technically we are not a business and we don't run like one. Your point, I understand about the IRS saying that they should bill you, but that's from them receiving your W-2s and all those other things from other agencies and then sending you a bill for how much you owe. But in this country, it would be more like slavery if they actually sent you a bill. It's like saying, I'm going to send you a bill for living, where everything's not taxable. So if you make money as a waitress, for example, and you make under $10,000, the government should not be sending you a bill to, say, pay X amount of dollars in taxes. Because your freedom in this country is your ability to barter and trade services. It is not to pay taxes. So if we had a tax system that actually told us when and how much to pay it, that would mean that we would be enslaved and bound to the government to pay for everything just for breathing. So the opposite would actually happen in this country if the government sent us a tax bill. Our tax system is a voluntary tax system. It's a part of what our freedom is. So people like Donald Trump cheat taxes because it's voluntary. And they don't check you unless you go through an audit, you know, if something looks irregular. But it still is a voluntary tax system. So you can opt out of even paying taxes if you knew what laws to cite. I'm not telling anybody to do that. They go to jail. But you can cite some things, and there are people who don't pay taxes. So it is a voluntary yeah, no. system. If they sent the bill, that would be a little bit different. That would be like making everybody enslaved to the government. All right, let me give everybody a real quick uh, final comment on this. Vanessa, go ahead. Your final thoughts on uh, this whole tax thing with uh, not only Sanders but with Trump as well. Thank you, Vanessa. All right, Johnny D, your final thoughts uh, dealing with this whole thing. Oh, okay. Let me just say happy Sunday, everybody. I'm going to walk into church. Have a good Sunday. Have a good week. All right. All right. God bless you and pray for us. We need it. All right. Uh, Johnny D, your final thoughts on this? I really don't have any, but I, I will say that between Miss Vanessa's comment and, and Miss Jackie's comment about uh, the business handling of, of, of Trump, I have gotten a good laugh this morning. So <laughs> I, I have no comment <laughs> on it. I really do. Though, definitely. Yep, I, yeah. All right. Jackie, uh, uh Close it out. Give us your final thoughts on this. Uh, well, I just, I just think that because um, I understand, uh, like I said, I'm just going to continue with my thought of you should pay attention to who's good for running this country as your president, and and we all know he Trump had no intention on being president. It's like you said, he he did it just to build up his self and his interest. And he doesn't show any interest for us. And I agree with Jerome, it really shouldn't go by your taxes. It really shouldn't go by that. Because, yeah. see, when you leave it up to focusing on money, money, excuse me, when you leave it to focusing on money, I mean, that's all you see. And you're not seeing the person behind the money. You pay attention to the person behind the money. Is he crooked or not? Is he a good thing for this country or not? Pay attention. All right. 
Jackie's telling you to wake up. And my final comments on this whole thing hey, is Trump's out of one? business, man. You guys. Oh, Jerome, sorry. You go ahead and take one. My, go ahead, hey. sir. Matter of fact, you can close this out. Bob. Give me your final okay, comments. So, no, no, no. You, you can go. But I just wanted to say this, that um, Trump should show his taxes. And he should show his taxes. And he should be made by law to show his taxes because they're a monument clause, because the fact that you can't make money off of being president. And plus, he has business interests in the countries that he's making laws and doing favor for. So there is a reason to look at his taxes, opposed to looking at something, someone like President Obama's taxes, who had no business interest that the government actually could intervene into. So there are reasons to look into somebody's taxes, and that dude has a million and one. And Bernie Sanders, at the same time, he... He he is bringing up the point, but it's not – it's an apples and oranges issue. Bernie Sanders – I don't care how Bernie Sanders made his money. Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat either. He's an independent running in the Democratic primary, so he likes to make that clear. So technically, if the Democrats kick him out because he don't want to show his taxes, they should kick him out. It's a part of what our freedoms are. Hmm. Well, there you go. All right, folks, it's time for an NPR News update on the other side, Chatterbox, and on the need-to-know basis. So the conversation piece is over, but we have still more to come. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ross Show. We'll be right back after this short, short break. This message comes from NPR sponsor, H-E-B. When life gets crazy, there's Meal Simple, hundreds of chef-inspired meals like the Chili Lime Shrimp Protein Bowl, ready in minutes. When life gets crazy, keep it simple. H-E-B Meal Simple. A field of 30,000 runners set to participate in the 123rd Boston Marathon tomorrow. From member station WBUR, Alex Ashlock has a preview. Yuki Kawauchi and Des Linden are the defending champions in the men's and women's races. Both made history in the 2018 marathon. Kawauchi was the first Japanese winner since 1987, and Linden was the first American to win the women's race in 33 years. In the wheelchair races, American Tatyana McFadden is going for her sixth Boston Marathon title and Switzerland's Marcel Hoog his fifth. Race officials are adding extra shelter for the runners along the 26.2-mile course because of the nasty weather that marred last year's race. Security will be tight again with checkpoints where bags will be searched. For the first time, the marathon is being run on the actual date, April 15th, as the 2013 bombings near the finish line that killed three people and injured more than 260. For NPR News, I'm Alex Ashlock in Boston. The severe storms that have been moving through the South force a final round of the Masters Golf Tournament to get underway early today. Most of the players already on the course in an attempt to avoid heavy rain and wind. Tiger Woods, two shots behind the leader, Francesco Molinari, says he's pleased with how he's played this weekend. It was a very good day for me. Uh, started playing well uh, from the from the beginning. Uh, made a couple of nice paths uh, towards the end of the of the back nine. Alanari well, Woods and Tony Finau scheduled to tee off in the final threesome shortly. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. All right, welcome back in. It's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world famous chat room and from uh, our social media. Sites that we monitor, and Mr. Elias usually, now this is a first, because usually when Mr. Elias is not here, uh, I don't do it because there's a lot going on uh, during the broadcasting of the show. However, 
I was able to get it done this morning. So let me read some comments. First from the chat room, Kavina Man says, Omar has a target on her back, so anything she says would trigger the white supremacist. Uh, Vobra Wright, Mr. Elias is not here to fight with you, Vobra Wright, so neither am I. But he said, in every country around the world, the punishment for a spy can be the firing squad, okay? Easy Rider, worry about fixing our roads and bridges, manufacturing the stuff that is important, not tax returns. Okay, all right. The pastor, Pastor Stephen Jones from Richmond, Texas. Peace and blessings to the family. He said, I found myself doing what the young folks say, LOL, laughing out loud on Jay's comments about the fish. I loved it. Great show as always. Thank you, Pastor. Marietta Music. Like Jay, I'm truly amazed at how decent Americans continue to follow this liar-in-chief. All right. Love the music during the break. Okay, I know you did. That was Layla Hathaway for you, Marietta. And Prescott from Austin, Texas. I love Maxine Waters. She embraces the title of the Trump hater. And she is not taking anything off Trump's cronies. All right. She isn't. She is giving them the business. And on that note, you know what time it is. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? For our only need to know basis with our main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Jerome, man, what do you have for us this morning? All right. So, first, I want to co sign that whole thing on Maxine Waters. I didn't get a chance to comment on that, but Maxine, hey, she actually showed them who was in control. So, that's what you, that's what you have to do <laughs> take ownership when you were in control, and Maxine did that. Uh, Love it. Now, uh, NASA obviously spotted. Um, Massive jets of high-energy particles spewing from a thousand, uh, spreading a thousand light years into space from the first black hole scientists ever um, directly imaged. And the woman who created the algorithm to collect the data from the telescope was 29-year-old Dr. Katie Bowman. And um, she actually wrote the algorithm algorithm to um, photograph something that's 55 million light years away. That's how far that black hole is from us. 55 million light years away. Now, I've heard this on the news, and I actually want to correct them on the news, so I'll, I'll say it on this show. You know, a black hole does capture light, but it is not the absence of light. Black is all of the colors together creates black. Every color comes from black. It's not the other way around. So black is not the absence of light. So when you see a black hole, it's because all light spectrums are condensed in one spot, which makes the color black. Well, and black is not a color. So there you have it. Roll with that any way you want to and send your comments to Jay. I'll still answer them. Again, um, a new study reveals that there's a 32% drop in the number of on-duty police deaths since 1970. So the number of U.S. police officers killed by gunmen has been more than cut in half, down 52% in 2018, compared to 120, 112 in 1970 at the peak of, of 145 is what it was in 1975. That's according to a new study. So police are actually safer now than they were in the 70s. And they're wow. still shooting 
Like they don't have no daggone sense. Saying that they were scared. <laughs> and by the way, you know, I didn't do this the story about the um deputy um sheriff who turned his son in for the black church bombings in Louisiana. And and yeah. I have family who was in one of those churches, by the way. And maybe maybe wow. two because that town I have been I I was there not um a year and a half ago. But, you know, not just because it's personal to me, but it's, it's interesting to me that uh, somebody can just bomb black churches and they still have to decide if it was race was a factor. If a black person bombed poor yeah. white churches, would we be asking the same question? Just want to put that out there. No. All right. Yeah. So one quarter of Americans say that men should work while women stay at home and care for families. Now, Republicans, Southerners, and the undereducated most likely felt that way. That's according to a new uh, survey that was put out. Now, the issue, they said okay. split across partisan lines, but I don't think so, because 30% of Republicans prefer women staying at home compared to 19% of Democrats. I don't think that's split. I think that re- Republicans uh, prefer women no. at home. Yeah, that's not a split. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, okay. The, <laughs> no comment. Like, uh, <laughs> give me half of that sandwich, and you give him a piece of it, you be like, that's not half. <laughs> like, I put in a half on this, man. <laughs> I want to put that out. Right. I love it. Now, Alexa is listening to your conversation. Now, um, according she to is. Amazon... Clips are, Amazon, uh, are analyzed by Amazon workers, including most intimate moments. As many as a thousand clips are reviewed by staff per shift in Boston, India, and Romania. That's where they're listening well. to their stuff. So, in, in a report, staff members have said that the recordings can cause distress. Uh, distress it can be distressing. Listen to people uh, complain and stuff all day and whatever problems they have in their house. They're like, this is like listening to a soap opera. And it's making their workers <laughs> nervous. <laughs> I'm just I'm just joking. I'm making light of that, but turn your electric off. Unplug those things. <laughs> you shouldn't have one. I, don't even, I was going right. to buy one, too, but I don't think I am now after hearing all this. Not, not with a recording and everything, because, you know, at some point, they can get subpoenaed for somebody's Alexa. So if you're voluntarily wow. having to run in your house, you know, hey, it's free game. Now, yeah. the uh, memorial service or the memorial, the celebration of life service for Nipsey Hussle began on um, yeah. the rapper who was, who was, I shouldn't say just rapper, because he was a rapper, businessman, entrepreneur. He had um, vested in, you know, blockchain stuff. Bitcoin stuff. The guy was diversified and all the stuff that he did. So if you're wondering why everybody is celebrating him, he had more than 20,000 people at um, paying respect to him. Um, and a 25-mile procession is because he did so much things other outside of being, entertain, being an entertainer. So, you know, Cindy um, Lamar was there, P. Diddy, T.I., you know, amongst others, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, they were all in attendance. And his um, fiance, Lauren London, um, said that um, she never was prepared for anything like this. 
Uh, she said she had to write something because she never felt this type of pain before. His soul was majestic. Um, he was the strongest man I ever know. Um, he, he, she called him the greatest boyfriend. He was brilliant. He researched everything, completely self-taught, and always seeking knowledge. So much respect to that brother. And you know, President Obama wrote a tribute to him as well. Um, wrote a letter that right. was written to the family that they read at the service. And you know, right. and it says, you know, while most folks in the Crenshaw neighborhood where he grew up are only gangs, bullets, and despair, that um, the president wrote something a little bit different. He said, I, he saw hope, he saw a community that even though the flaws taught him how to keep going, he set an example for young people and followed, um, uh, uh, young people to follow, and is uh, it's a leg- legacy worth following. And um, he said he chose to invest in the community rather than ignore it and build skilled training centers and co-workers, um, co-working spaces in Crenshaw to uplift his, um, you know, he's Ethiopian and American. He's also Creole. Um, his family is um, from the Louisiana area. Um, but he said he set an example for people to follow. His legacy is worth celebrating. I hope his memory inspires more good work in Crenshaw and communities like it. Michelle and I send our sympathies to Lorne, Imani, Cross, and the entire his entire family, as well as those who loved him, is what President Obama wrote. So much respect to President Obama. And speaking of the Obamas, First Lady Michelle Obama, because we only have one First Lady and President at a time, so President Obama and First Lady Michelle, I don't know who those two fools are who are there, but First Lady uh-huh. Michelle Obama... Pissing the Trump people off. Pissing the Trump people off. (laughs) Hey, he should have been pissing them off. It shouldn't have been me. So, Michelle Obama (laughs) released her book in November 2018. It topped the bestseller list immediately, selling 725,000 copies in the U.S. and Canada in its first day. So, she was on a tour. It started just to be 10 days, and they added 21 days on it. With ticket prices starting at twenty nine ninety five, spiking at thousands of dollars for the VIP access. Now, the reason I'm telling this story is because she just started her final leg of the tour, which started March 13th. And the publisher, according to the, her publisher, um, Penguin Random House, the book has sold more than 10 million copies, including hardcover, audiobooks, and e-books. And since its release, it could take the record as the best-selling memoir in history. Yep. She is still breaking records. Becoming has already shattered a, uh, shattered a number of records, selling 2 million copies in North America within 15 days of its release, making it the fastest-selling book in 2018. It was also named the best-selling hardcover book of the year as well. So, just in case you forget about the Obamas doing good stuff, um, they still out there making it hot. Uh, boy, I tell you what, that's put, that's gonna put some pressure on President Obama. Boy, his book better step up. <laughs> I know, I know. God, she uh, is knocking it out the box, boy. Wow. <laughs> All right, so since since I did the president's news, I'm gonna do some Trump news for you to help the Trump people, okay? Because Jay seems to be a little concerned about them. Donald Trump's sister <laughs> okay. has retired from the federal appellate. Uh, in Philadelphia, ending her civil misconduct inquiry launched after a report that she participated in the Trump family scheme to dodge 
taxes. Now, so the retirement oh. of Marianne Trump Berry was revealed on April 1st. It was an order signed by the top court official in New York where the misconduct case was assigned um, to prevent conflicts of interest, interest for judges. So the judge panel began to review in, in a response to four citizen complaints in October and um, that she and her siblings, including Donald Trump, evaded inheritance tax taxes. So just because she resigned, mm. they won't follow up and look it up anymore. They stopped the inquiry. But they were about to find out through his sister that they all evaded taxes. That's why the tax fight is, wow. is, is a problem. But in good news for the Trump people, she retired. <laughs> I guess you can take out of that story anything mm. you want, can't you? I tried to help you, Jay. Well, Couldn't. help me out, brother. Help hey. me out. <laughs> no, I was trying to help them out because, you know, they're they going to bug you, not me. You know, so... Uh, <laughs> and I don't even I don't even I don't even read half that stuff, but go ahead. Yeah, see but see but you um you laughed at uh, the fact that Jay I mean Elias is not there arguing with somebody who clearly has a problem with black folks, but I ain't gonna go there. Alright. So in other white <laughs> folks because I'm gonna help you out with these two so you can get some more letters. <laughs> a Florida mayor smoked crack crack cocaine nightly, ate and snorted meth before playing golf. Um, sending runners to buy drugs and practice medicine without a license and fired on a SWAT team during his last arrest, and he is not dead. <laughs> I just want to say that. Port Richard wow. Massad, 68, has said to have smoked crack nightly, traded medications for illegal substances, and allegedly practiced medicine from his home. He just got arrested. He shot at a SWAT team. Watch must be good. <laughs> they didn't see him. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. Maybe they shot him in the leg. Now, actress Lori Laughlin uh, and her husband face up to 40 years in prison for allegedly paying $500,000 yes. to get their daughters into UCLA. They turned down a plea deal, mm. which would have drastically reduced their sentence um, because it claimed that the prosecutors were bluffing when they said that they could end up behind bars. Now, sources say she's freaking out while the prospect of jail time becomes more realistic. So how is that for privilege? She's like, they just playing. <laughs> and now, <laughs> she wanted back. Now, oh, she wanted back. Mm -hmm. They said she was in complete denial and thought she was going to be able to escape. And now she's freaking out. It's like, oh, I can face 40 years. She ain't getting no jail time. Her yeah. privilege is going to kick in. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Her, her um, privilege didn't kick in because Hallmark did cut her out of the show that she was on. So, sorry to hear oh, that. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. She's been fired from that. Her kids, you know, all the money she spent. And what are they? They are Internet YouTube people. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Paid all that money yeah. for them to become what average Americans become. Wow, that was a real great investment, chick. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway. Now, um... All right, Jerome, we have time. For, we have time for one more, sir. I didn't realize. I was watching the clock. Time for one more, sir, if you don't mind. Okay, really quick. In honor of LES... Um, we can we can listen to this in our archives. Marijuana is and um, <laughs> is used in the workforce hits a 14-year high thanks to the expanding legalization. As 4.4 percent of U.S. workers test positive for weed in 2018. Okay, that's all I have. 
<laughs> oh, you you want to do one up. more, man? That was kind of quick. You, you, give give us one you more, Jerome, if you don't mind. <laughs> okay, well, okay. So here, here's um, you know, there's a bear serving a life jail sentence. I didn't know they did this. A bear, but the animal, a bear, a, a black bear. No, I'm sorry, it's a brown okay. bear. It was black, but it okay. was brown. Okay. But it's in Kazakhstan. Okay. The bear has served 15 years already, but they actually put a swimming pool in a cell and they locked the bear up because the bear has attacked two people at a campsite. So he's been locked up for the last 15 years. They don't believe in a death penalty in oh. <laughs> I think he should have been shot. But okay. All right. And thank you, Jerome, for that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I just against the death penalty, there, Jay. The bears, but you're not, right? I didn't know oh, you yeah. were in. Right. You anti bear? Uh, stop it. I'm anti. I'm anti something. All right, you're not gonna get me in trouble that with Peter folks. All right, it is time for the final thoughts. Johnny D, man, final thoughts, sir. Jay, you already in trouble when you say shoot the bear, but uh, we we gonna let that one go. Definitely. <laughs> You had to bring it back up. Want to wish, oh, definitely want to wish everyone a, a happy Palm Sunday. Like I said, going into Holy Week and, and a blessed uh, Easter. Just, you know, again, remember the resurrection. And, again, thank you for the opportunity to, to do what we do uh, every Sunday. And you all invite me into your homes. And, Jay, uh, you invite me into the broadcast. Uh, thank you. I can't say enough. Oh, come on, man. Listen, I can say enough for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jerome, final thoughts. Mr. Elliott says to tell you thank you, so apparently he's listening. Final good thoughts, good looking. Jerome. Hey, I want to kind of reiterate what Johnny said. You know, to my coworkers on the serious side, I just want to say much respect to everyone. Um, and, you know, our listeners, Mariana, much respect. I, I would call out some other people, but I don't have no nice things to say about them. LES knows who I'm talking about. So <laughs> I just want to say everybody have a good week, and we'll be back uh, with some more thoughts later on. <laughs> All right. I can't, well, I can't, I can't be nice to everybody. Some huh? people aren't nice when they call yeah. <laughs> Jay, That's Jay's job. Oh, nice. man. Yeah, I guess you're right. All right. Well, my final thoughts are simple. I just want to say thank you. Thank you to, to my, my fam here. Thank you to all the people who are listening, whether, whether you're in or out. We appreciate you. We appreciate all that you do. You know, whether we agree with your comments or not, the bottom line is this is America, so you can make whatever stupid comments you feel you need to make, and if we don't agree with them, we're going to call them out. And uh, that's what this show is all about. So we appreciate all the listeners. We appreciate everybody who take time on Sundays to spend a portion of their Sunday with us. And on that note, Mr. You know what? Let's let Johnny D do it this time. Johnny D, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rob Show. Look at that boy, the educator rapper in the house. I appreciate you. So, for Vanessa May Belly, for the Macinelli, for Jerome Spree, for Mr. Johnny D and all the people who listen, God bless you all. I'm J. Rob saying have a great work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. We'll see you next week. Have a great work week, folks. God bless. Listening all the 
say something bad about it. Oh, my God, my mic is still on. All right, guys, have a great weekend. <laughs> you are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Radio Network. 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 Network.